0: We just got back from talking to people we don't know about abortion and now we're debriefing. Join us. We are Created Equal and we're inviting you to debrief with us. Hey y'all, I'm Lexi.
1: Hey everyone, it's Seth again and today we have a special episode because for the first time ever we have a friend who is not on Created Equal staff with us joining us to debrief.
0: Yes, and she is not just a friend um, from Ohio, y'all.
1: No, not Ohio. She is
0: not from Ohio. If you heard from our last podcast, we somehow referenced Michigan.
1: Because Marina was on. Oh, yes. Okay, that's what it was.
0: (laughs) So now we're foreshadowing in that podcast to bring you today somebody else from Michigan. And this is Kristen. She is the director of Protect Life Michigan. Thank you so much, Kristen, for coming on.
2: Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm a big fan of the podcast. (laughs) And Enough of a
1: fan to come down to Columbus, Ohio. That's
2: right. Worst no, I'm just kidding. Um, and it, it's really exciting for me to be here because the entire reason that I got involved in doing pro-life outreaches is really because of Seth. Um, so to be a part of this is super exciting for me. Thanks for having me. We are so
1: glad you're here. We love your team and love what you do. And it's exciting to us to see other people who really capture the vision of changing the culture, moving people's thinking they're reaching their hearts and minds. And that's what we see in PLM. Mm
0: -hmm. So yeah, I
1: should say, I'm sorry, Protect Life Michigan, PLM.
0: Yeah, it's easier to say PLM, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, maybe more beneficial for for everybody to remember Protect Life Michigan. Um, so tell us a little bit about what Protect Life Michigan is and what do y'all do? Thanks. So,
2: um, in large part because of the influence of Created Equal, we have become an outreach organization. So uh, we have groups in high schools and colleges—about 30 high school groups—and we're also in 26 colleges. We even have some young professionals networks as well, and they do weekly outreaches uh, in their schools and in their communities to change minds about abortion. So we use abortion victim photography. We have a lot of other displays that we cycle through as well, but. Um, Lots of talking to people like last year we reached about 360,000 students with the reality of abortion
0: through those outreaches. That's amazing. So, and everybody, like they have videos, they have GoPro videos or, is, do y'all have GoPros on or yeah. how do y'all get those videos? Yep, we do. Okay, awesome. So yeah, y'all can go watch the GoPro videos. If you enjoy watching our GoPro videos, you'll enjoy theirs. Yeah, um, we can hit the
1: show notes for their YouTube channel or wherever your videos are.
0: In their Instagram. Their Instagram, Instagram is very good. There we good. go. Yes, yeah. it is. It is good. <laughs> TikTok. We're taking cues. Oh, yeah. Okay, everything. So make sure you go and follow them there. Um, but unfortunately, not really unfortunately, but Kristen didn't really come all the way down to Ohio (laughs) to (laughs) be on this podcast, Um, but she did come down for a more important reason because she wanted to um, go to high school outreaches with us. Um, And so yesterday was your first ever high school outreach. It was. How did that go? It went really well. We do
2: outreaches like inside of high schools without a bunch of victim photography, like tabling type Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, But even that is really hard for high school students to do. It's just so scary and they're really bullied by their peers. So we've been trying to experiment and find different ways to reach high school students. Mm -hmm. Um, And when we heard about your guys' high school outreaches, we thought we should come down and check it out and see if it's something that we could try back home. So um, I had no idea what to expect, <laughs> um, but it really wasn't bad other than getting yelled at by one very angry dad. I like, yeah, I was like, Oh, okay. We're going to keep our eye on him as he drives around the parking lot. But
1: um, that's something you don't have at the colleges, right? Very often. We do not
2: have angry parents at the, co- we have angry professors who oh, yes. you know, yeah. might punch you in the face, but uh, who kind of have that happens to of you guys. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so it, it was actually great because okay. the high school students were so open. Like my ratio of people I approached that started a conversation was so high. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just really open to talking.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, what's the difference, do you think, between talking to a college student versus talking to a high school student?
2: I think as soon as you've had Philosophy 101, mm-hmm. you know everything. And Yeah, um, for sure. So it seems like high schoolers are a lot op- more open-minded and questioning of what they think and much more willing to talk. So it was the conversations seem to flow a lot more naturally than mm-hmm. they do at a college campus.
1: That's so right. I always think that if you could I actually mentioned this to your colleagues who were here with you, Kristen, yesterday, that if you could have the time with high schoolers that we have with college students, you could really change things so quickly because we have so much time with college students, but they've been through those classes that you mentioned. They think they know everything. They've been indoctrinated in pro-abortion ideology it's so much harder to shift them
2: and they also are kind of jaded Mm. the older people get i think they look at the world in such a negative way that they think you know it's impossible to protect these lives Mm. which is really sad Mm -hmm.
0: well i think like the whenever I'm going to a high school outreach, I start to get a little bit more nervous because of the parents being there. Like that stresses me out. I think most of all compared to like going on to a college campus. So how did you feel setting up the signs for the first time? And then like having to initiate conversations with these students who are like 15, 16 years old, maybe feeling a little awkward. How did you feel doing that?
2: I felt very nervous setting the sets <laughs> yeah. especially like right after we put them up. That's when the angry dad drove by and he was like filming me on his phone and yelling. Yeah, I like called Silas and was like, oh, can you keep an eye on this guy? <laughs> but so I was like a little nervous setting up, especially not ever having done this in this environment before where you have administrators. There was a police officer, I think a couple of them there, um, angry dad, But once the students came out, I was no longer nervous Mm. and totally excited because I had heard from you guys how awesome these outreaches are and that they're so fruitful. So as soon as those doors opened, I was like ready to go. I was so excited.
0: Awesome. That's good. Because honestly, I think the the hardest part about outreach is like forcing yourself to get there. And then after that, Mm. you're fine.
1: Yeah. The first step is always the hardest. That's exactly right. And it is unique though at the high schools, like you both said, you have the parents and I find that they're much more angry than the students are. And that's very interesting. Um, however, they do not. Oftentimes, they don't stop you from reaching the students. And that's what's so important. You can still get to them before, before their parents get angry and start shouting.
2: Yeah, and coming down here, I was way more nervous than I needed to be. Mm-hmm. Like I thought it was going to be a totally different ball game at a high school, and it's really not. It's mm-hmm. you know we're trained for the same security issues that we would be anywhere else, and um, it it went great. Good. Like, yeah. yeah. So
1: going to the uh, this afternoon, you're going to another high school outreach. You feel yeah. more prepared
0: definitely yeah you know, excited not fantastic. nervous at all <laughs> good good well maybe next time uh you're down in ohio or something we can do a second debrief and you'll be like full of high school hours and, and you can bring your husband bring trevor, trevor oh, with you you're already <laughs> invited back for sure yeah my husband's a big apologetics guy and he is very sad
1: that we like trevor me. so bring trevor back with you bring oh. his book and everyone check out his book put that in the show notes mm-hmm. too right
0: Everybody needs to make sure they go to the show notes because there's there's a lot filled. We actually have more stuff to tell you about in the show notes. So make sure you go right now and look at it. it Um, Okay. Let's jump into the conversation you were having. So you talked to two girls. Well, you talked to probably multiple students, Mm -hmm. but tell us about kind of overall the conversation that you had with those two students. Yeah. So, uh,
2: When they came up, I think they weren't really sure what they thought about abortion. In fact, I think one of the girls said that she didn't have an opinion on it. She had never really thought about it before. Um, And so we started to dive into it. And in just a couple minutes, they both agreed that they believed that abortion was wrong. Which was great progress to make Mm -hmm. in like a two minute conversation. That was really exciting. And so I tried to take it a step further. There's a lot of people that tell me that they believe abortion is wrong, but they still think that it should be legal, Um, which is something that I think to the average pro life person, we're like, that doesn't make any sense. But that's how a lot of people Mm -hmm. see it. And so I was trying to take it to the next step with them of, okay, well, if you believe that it's wrong, do you do you believe then that it should be illegal? In my mind, that's like where the full heart change comes mm-hmm. from in converting someone to be pro-life, not just seeing it as wrong, but that it should also then be illegal. Um, and and it seemed like they were stuck on that. Yeah. That's, a, that's a little bit of a harder sell for a lot of
1: people. It is, because when you say wrong, the question is, what does wrong mean, right? And you can say wrong, like wrong for me, but not wrong for you. And that's comfortable. But to say wrong for everyone, that's a bigger step. But I agree. You're right. That's where you see the full change of heart and mind when someone is willing to say, not only do I think that I wouldn't do it, but no one else should do it.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think that's, yeah, that's what it's saying. When somebody's saying it should be legal, you're still like saying, oh, yeah, somebody should be able to do this to Mm -hmm. somebody else. So it's not really being completely pro-life. Right.
1: Let's listen to the clip.
0: Yeah.
2: I want you to have to be see legal? it from other people's perspectives too. Yeah, right. It's not that I want it to be legal. I completely agree with you. I mean, nothing makes it right. You're still killing. You're still taking away your so life. You're right, right that there are different perspectives, right? Yeah. Like, some people are okay with this, some people aren't. But somebody's right and somebody's wrong. Like, it's either okay to kill or it's not. And I don't think our laws should just say, eh, whatever you feel like. You know, like, We believe that killing once you're born is wrong and it's illegal, that's murder.
0: Like you said, human rights and all, but I have heard from like other people's perspective Saying that it's their body, their choice, you know, their right to do what they want with their body. Yeah, uh, uh, the only reason why I feel like I
2: wouldn't say that it's illegal, because that's not, it's not me. Like, you can do whatever you want. I personally, I think it's wrong, though. It is. But I hear just, I hear what you you're saying, what and like, you. obviously, I'm a woman. I also believe in women's rights. Right, right. <laughs> But I do think there's a limit to that. Like I can't, I should not be able to use my body to harm someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my rights have a limitation when someone else's life comes into the picture.
1: All right. The audio was really clear. I think we could track with most mm-hmm. most of that. But there were two students you were talking to and these they said initially they hadn't thought about it. Now they're thinking, OK, I, I agree with you, but they're not willing to say it should be illegal. So I think that you mentioned, Kristen, that you've had these conversations similar before where someone gets stuck there. Right. So I, I agree with you. Maybe it's wrong, but I don't want to go to it being illegal. Why do you think people like these students get stuck there?
2: Honestly, I think the other side has done such a good job of making this issue circumstantial. Mm. Like we could never possibly know what every woman in every pregnancy will go through. Mm. And that's why it it has to be legal. It's not that abortion is a great thing. It's that it's too complicated to make illegal. And I think a lot of people have bought into that. And it, it was interesting how they kept saying like, yeah, I agree with you. And they even said, "Oh, you know, human rights and all <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. But they still kept coming back to that. It's not me, it's her, mm. And so it's her decision.
1: Yeah, I think that's, that right there, I think we said that, yeah, it's not me, like that's not my choice. It shows that she is defaulting to sympathizing for the woman she can see, right? It's her choice, her life. No one, I shouldn't say no one, very few have that same sympathy for the pre-born person. Mm -hmm. We just forget them because they're invisible to us. We don't see them now with our signs. We're making them visible. But it is really hard to motivate people to have sympathy and compassion for those they don't relate to. And we've talked about this before about you know the British slave trade where people often didn't care for even the experience of the African Americans or the the people coming from Africa on the ships. But when they heard that it was the slave trade was bad for the white sailors that moved the British person because they identified with the white person like them. We're just driven to identify with those who are like us in some way. And these students are not identifying with the preborn babies. It's hard to move them to compassion.
2: One of the things that I say to almost every person I talk to um, to try to help them see this in a different perspective and not just a circumstantial is – I believe that we should do everything that we can to help a woman facing an unplanned pregnancy. Everything that we can. I believe I have a personal responsibility to help her. Mm-hmm. And she deserves all the love and support and resources that she needs. Mm-hmm. There is only one thing I'm saying that we should not be able to do. And that's kill. Mm-hmm. I'm, that's the only thing we should not be able to do to help is kill. Because that's not how we solve problems problems with born people. Right. We don't solve problems by killing and so we shouldn't in this circumstance either. And I try to use that to cut through all the different well what about this? What about this? What about this? Mm-hmm. Because it it sets a rule of we can do whatever to help. Mm-hmm. We just don't kill. That's mm-hmm. the one thing we don't do.
1: That's it. and that's as you said it's so clear for every other situation. I mean, I've read stories um, with other members of our staff too, these horror stories of even mothers who killed their born children. And we look at that and think, okay, that's terrible. When you read her story, you see she was going through a lot of trauma and difficulties. And so what we should do is help these mothers in these difficult circumstances, but there's one thing they should not do, right? right? Any mother in a difficult circumstance with a two-year-old, five-year-old, whatever, she may choose to remain the custodial parent. She may choose adoption or foster care if that's better for the child. What she should never do is kill that child because of her circumstance. It's clear and easy when they're born like us. Somehow it becomes complicated when they're pre-born. Yeah.
0: And I think what was interesting what, of what you started to do, because I at the beginning of the clip, you can hear the first girl saying like, oh, I don't want it to be illegal. I don't want it to be illegal. But at the same time, she wants it to be uh, legal. So it was not really making much sense of what she was saying. Um, but you responded to her by saying, mm-hmm. um, "Someone, like, if someone is right and someone is wrong, um, and so you're making a really clear or you're drawing a really clear line. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of let us know, what do you do when you're trying to do this? I know we heard that little snippet of you talking to them. Um, but like you said, people, uh, think that it should be legal all the time, even if they say they're personally pro-life, how do you kind of maneuver that conversation? Yeah, we've been using,
2: a. Uh- process from this book stuck by Justina Van Manen mm. out of Canada that we're kind of obsessed with now is like our pro-life handbook for these conversations but we ask people if they believe in human rights and who they think should have human rights and then I reference the photos you know you just said you believe in human rights for all human beings we can see that this is an, a human being who has had its arms and legs torn off by abortion mm. Doesn't it follow that abortion is a violation of human rights if it's doing this to human beings? And I think it pits people between having to defend tearing human beings to pieces mm-hmm. and and why they can how they can justify that and still believe in human rights. It's a really uncomfortable position to be in. And then I take it a step further, like I said a moment ago, in asking them or saying that. Um, I think we should do everything we can to help. Mm -hmm. There's just one thing we shouldn't be able to do. And we have seen so many minds change with that method of like getting right to the heart of what's going on and trying to, as you said, put a really clear line in the sand of this is wrong for all people at all times. You know, it comes down to killing and we're not okay with killing. We shouldn't make one category of humans that we're okay with killing Mm -hmm. and trying to point that out to them.
0: Yeah. I think that goes back to what Seth was saying about how we just don't see the pre-born. And we don't see um, them as being valuable human beings like born people are. Um, but you did a great job at trying to help them understand what they were saying. Because you know it was so good about that conversation? You could even hear them repeat back to you that they know what they're saying isn't really lining up because you're like, oh, the thing about them saying like, oh, human rights, you know, like I understand mm-hmm. that. Like they recognize that what they were saying was contradictory to what they were, um, what they would say they believe. Um, and
2: I, I think that's why it's so important for us to just continue to push our message out there mm-hmm. to normalize being pro-life, to normalize not killing human beings because the mm-hmm. more they hear that they won't just say, yeah, yeah, you're right. But they'll just say, yeah, yeah, you're right
0: true
1: exactly right and i think that seizing on human rights the apologetic you were using is very elegant simple clear and that's kind of like as you were saying lexi she said human rights and all it's like she has this now embedded in her mind right and the abort the pro-abortion side is more complicated murky um so i think the elegance is right there but it also gets back to this whole question of legality when we look at the human rights abuses of Nazi Germany or the Rwandan genocide, these many tragic, horrific injustices. We look at it and we recognize this is not just a dispute of like us not liking Germany's uh Speed limit, right? (laughs) Or the lack of it on the Audubon is, I think, right, where they have no speed limit. It's not a dispute of speed limits. It's a, a, a rejection of natural human rights that all humans have, that no matter who you are, you should not merely because of your ethnicity be thrown into a concentration camp, right? So when it comes to human rights abuses, those are not merely quabbles. Is that a word, quabble? Wobbling squibbles. There's a uh, word there. Yeah, I can yeah, yeah. There's Something a word. Like Disagreements <laughs> between among people, right? This is a, you're breaking objective moral law that no one ought to break. And yeah. so that gets back to what you were doing. I think Kristen with them, what I thought was so powerful, you're getting to this not merely being a dispute, right? We are saying, no, you are breaking a human right. For all people, I'm sorry, you're breaking a binding human right by killing preborn people. There's no neutral ground here. Either you're for it or against it. Now, some people say, "Well, that's a fallacy." It's not a fallacy. There's no excluded middle here. That that's just a logic term for saying there's a binary choice here when it comes to whether people are recognized by the state as people. You either do recognize them or don't. There's no third option there. And you were pointing them to that, which is so critical, giving the choice to them. What will you do with these preborn people? Will you? dance on their grave and celebrate killing them? Or will you say that is wrong, right or wrong?
0: Yeah, and so, Seth, what do you do? Because we can get people to say, yes, abortion is wrong, and then we can even tell them, like, compare um, abortion to other past injustices and explain to them how it is a human rights. But how do you get them to, like, um, like these girls who are not really willing to understand I guess they're still holding on to just my body, my choice. And, like, Mm -hmm. okay, all these people. So how do you get them to see, like, um, yes, it's not only just wrong, but it should be illegal, Um, just, like, murder is illegal. Like, I don't don't think people see it as... I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, I I think so.
1: Let's, Let's try to approach it this way. I think that what I... What I love about the outreach methods that PLM and Create Equal does is we recognize that Kristen, Lexi, Seth, Esther are producing this room. All of us, we have a role to play, right? Yeah. Our role to play is that we are to present all the evidence, present the clearest apologetic possible, remove any obstacles like this my body, my choice. Kristen in the clip responded with, well, there are limits to bodily autonomy. We can give you maybe hit the show notes. We'll have places to refer for more on that argument. There's a good way to respond to that. But really, what our job is to remove obstacles between them and truth present the truth to them. Yeah. We cannot make them accept. It. And so if we refuse if we hide the truth by refusing to bring the visual evidence of the babies out, out there, or we don't do our best to respond to the arguments, then we failed. But if we present everything to them, and they at the end don't agree, the failure may not be on our part because mm-hmm. I think that we're back to this issue of why people get stuck. It's often not a logic problem. It's a heart problem. Mm-hmm. They're identifying with something else, and they don't want to accept the truth laid in front of them. But that's why my favorite thing is what Mark, our president, always says. That at the end of the day, they remember two things. Those girls walked away. We've mentioned before on the podcast, but they're going to remember how Kristen treated them kindly, lovingly, even kind of laughing with them at points, like making a good connection, and the baby's faces will be stuck in their minds, what they saw, the face of abortion. That will do more powerful um uh, effort for changing them in the future than anything we could say.
2: Yeah, those girls even I I referenced a baby's face on a different sign and she at one point said, "I can't even look at that. It's mm. so horrible." And I talked about legality in that circumstance and said, "This is legal." Yeah. This is legal. All over the country, this is legal and it's happening. And I think there are some things that are so wrong. They're wrong for all people at all times and all circumstances that the law should not even allow that option. It's not the same thing as a speed limit. And and we see that with born human beings. You don't have the option to kill born human beings mm-hmm. who are innocent. And we should, we should have the same laws for people who are unborn as well.
1: And so on that note, I think that, I mean, maybe... If we are looking at tactics, one thing you can do, kind of Kristen was um, hinting at, I think there is that when you're talking to someone, I believe it's Greg Kokel, the apologist, who says, find their hot button issue, right? So everyone has a hot button, something they care deeply about. I remember talking to um, a really strong pro-abortion friend one time about um, executing certain individuals, born people of a certain persuasion, something I knew she would be opposed to. And that kind of got her um, frustrated. Her, She recognized, yeah, there are some binding human rights we should never violate. So find what really is their issue they care a lot about. Show them that they agree with you, that there are some binding moral laws no one should ever break. And when you do, those should be against the law. And then you gotta pivot back to the babies and show how they're equally mm-hmm. human. It's still there's still work to do there, but that is something we can do to um, bring the conversation around. I
2: think we only have to overcome that because of what our laws are like right now. Mm. They accept it because our laws mm-hmm. allow it. So we have For to sure. we kinda of have to get over the status quo.
0: Mm-hmm. And I know that you, Kristen, are going to be having um, to have an extra challenge in your state mm, yes. um, coming up here this year. Unfortunately, I'm so sorry. Thanks for a lot, Planned Parenthood. Yes. we <laughs> another day. So please let everybody know what they can be praying for and if they're in Michigan, yeah, what they can you. be working for.
2: Thank you. So Planned Parenthood Advocates of Michigan and some other groups have filed to put a proposal on the November ballot, which means all of us Michiganders will have an opportunity to vote. Uh, And the proposal would strip away 50 years of pro-life laws and make abortion an unrestricted, unregulated constitutional right in our state. We're talking about legalizing late term abortions, abortions for minors, like everything. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really heavy. And so at this point, we're asking people to pray for the power of God to come down and... Um, And then if you can, if you're in Michigan or even if you're close by, I hope Created Equal will come up and help help us in this fight this year. We need to educate people about what this proposal will do. Um, So, yeah, please pray.
1: So please um, hit the show notes for links to uh, Protect Life Michigan's website and others so you can be part of this. Um, Join their email update list. Uh, send money because there's going to be a lot of money needed to fund this effort to respond to Planned Parenthood's challenge. So hit the show notes for that. Also, uh, Mark, our president, interviewed Kristen on his show, the Mark Harrington Show, about this very topic. So learn more by watching his interview with Kristen on that. This is clearly a critical matter we must engage in. It reminds me again that while everyone's looking at the Supreme Court, which is a lot is going to happen with the court, things begin locally in your state, in your city, with city councils, and so much so we must be engaged locally, not only on the wider method. And that's why we're at the high school schools because it's not even just the state of Michigan it's individual people in Michigan you've been reaching Chris and you and your group and that's how we over time slowly bring real lasting change so we're just glad you've been here we're glad your team came down to visit us we're sad to send you back We're assuming you'll come back down or we'll come up there as you said we'll be back (laughs) excellent Um, but so please do join Protect Life Michigan and if you also want to join uh, do your own high school outreach let us know we can help you get started in your own state or hometown but until then please leave us a review it helps a lot if you will leave a review whatever you listen to podcasts. Also, you can just find us on our social media at Debrief with us on Instagram or go to Uh Thank you for joining us. This has been The Debrief with Created Equal.